Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Success. And I am excited because today I've got a fellow spirit in here, a serial entrepreneur, Pat Brackley. But bigger than that, he's run over 20 businesses. And from things that I've been told from his recommendation to the show, has an incredible story of just God's redemption and God shaping and molding his life along the way. And I can't wait to just hear some of those stories and for you to join us as we have that conversation. So Pat, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm glad to be here. So my first question is always the same. Um, it's an afternoon. I've got the barbecue grill going. Uh, we're both in Louisiana. Maybe it's a crawfish boil. Doesn't matter. But I've invited a lot of my friends over to the house to join me and I, my audience is my friends would you please just introduce yourself to my friends okay um well i'm pat brackley i'm the i'm a husband of a incredible woman that i married uh in 1971 i'm the father of four children and 10 grandchildren mm. so I, uh, I look at that as my greatest success i love that I love that. Pat, what if you as you kind of look at your life and you look at the things that you've done, if I asked you the question, what are you most passionate about? How would you answer that? It's really a good question. Uh, I would say that um, my ability to serve God. Mm. And that's something that I wouldn't have said to you 10 years ago, but it's something where that it's taken me a lifetime to learn about the ministry God would have. And, and that ministry is uh, not a ministry that I chose. It's one that God gave me. And that was through my growth and my faith and, uh, and, a, and a life that was not always, uh, it looked good in business, but not always good, you know, uh, when I came home. Mm. So uh, uh, it, uh, <clears throat> It, uh, it took on a, a what I what I learned in life is that the priorities really are God first, my wife second, my children, my family, my friends, and then my work. And mm. I would say originally my goal was to be successful in business, and I put more emphasis there than I, than I did with uh, with my wife and my children, although I spent a lot of time with them from the biblical sense. I don't feel like did as good a job as I could have. I, 
if I would have read the Bible like I do now, uh, I've probably done things a little bit different. I think we'd all say that. And if I had in this podcast, one thing to say would be to young kids today is if you really want a successful life, read the Bible. Ooh, amen. I love that. Yeah. I, I will echo that because in a world that doesn't seem to know what truth is, truth is right there just waiting for us to open it up every day. Absolutely. You know, I went to a, a Christian college, Central Methodist. I studied the Bible. I was brought up a Baptist from wonderful parents. And I had knowledge of the Bible and I wanted to be a Christian. But that didn't occur till much later in my life as much as I wanted it. And it happened through a, somewhat of a tragic event where a, I was working in a church one day and a, a little girl went to get coffee in uh, for the nursery for my wife who was working there. And in so doing, she was adjusting a child. She put the coffee down on a stand and the little baby grabbed it. Another little baby came up and grabbed it and pulled it over her face. It was scalding hot coffee. And, um, and obviously, the first thing I did, having been trained medically, is I took the baby and I put water over its face. And it was a little girl, but I saw the first layers of skin mm. peel off immediately. And uh, the most traumatic thing in my wife and I's life. Um, and uh, we prayed every day, and I, neither of us could sleep. And about the third day after we were praying in the middle of the night, I found Jesus. Really? And I accept him as my personal savior. And I didn't say anything to my wife initially. And later in the day, she said, last night in the middle of the night, I received Jesus. Really? Received Christ on the same day, maybe at the same hour, I don't know. And later that day, we found that the baby had been cured, that, that they were going to take it to the burn unit in Baton Rouge. Yeah. And uh, overnight, the baby's face healed. The cheeks were peak, and the child was totally discoursed, uh, totally healed. And and the mm. mother said that night she she and her husband prayed together, and she said she believes that night when they both prayed, it's that's when God began the uh, began the restoration. Wow. So that and I've only told that story twice because it's a difficult story to tell, but um, you never know how God's going to work out a tragedy. Many people were saved from, from the miracle they saw of that child. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, the, the hard part is many times in the middle of a tragedy, like what we want to do is run away. You know, we want to get as far away from as we distance ourselves from that. Um, but it's many times in those experiences where God works the biggest miracles. Well, I mean, you know, as the Bible said, out, out of suffering will become perseverance. Mm. You know, out of uh, perseverance becomes character and out of character hope. And I think that's really true that in, in my life that sometimes I've have, had to suffer. And, I, and out of that suffering, uh, there was a spiritual growth ultimately. Uh, and I, you know, you can put yourself as, through as many trials as you want. But uh, when you seek Jesus and you move in the right direction, then things seem to come together. Mm, amen. Amen. Hey, Pat, I want to I unpack something that you said in the beginning, which was, you know, in the beginning, you know, when you were kind of building your businesses and you were starting, you said, 
you know, today you understand it's God first and then your wife and your family and your friends. And then last comes business. I think that most business guys, me included along, even on my journey, we put business first and then everything else seems to kind of come secondary. What I've found is that life works a ton better. Like everything works. I like to say God's kingdom is completely upside down. You know, when you put him first and then you prioritize everything else, things seem to work in business, but it's a hard place to get to for a lot of business owners because it's not what the world tells us is true. And I would love if you wouldn't mind sharing just maybe even some of your journey of how you uncovered and discovered that and maybe even how you got to a point of being able to trust this upside down nature of who God really is to find out it really works. Because most business guys are like, yeah, 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 I hear what you're saying, but they're reluctant to go into that. Would you, do you mind sharing kind of your story on that? Well, uh, no, I don't mind. Uh, I think, I think what you said is really true. When you start out in business, you have the world's vision of success. Yeah. And you go through college, you know, I, you know, I thought my parents and my parents were proud of me to, to go through college, to get out and get a job with a good company. And, and uh, in the 1983, I opened my first business, which was a construction company. Mm. Over a lifetime, we did uh, probably three quarters of a billion dollars worth of work. That transitioned into many LLCs of real estate investment buildings, shopping centers, banks, mm. hotels. We got in the hotel business, the self-storage business. It kind of just cascaded into development to where we did. We developed subdivisions. We're still doing that today. Okay. And, and, and you, you know, I used to tell people when I didn't know the beginning or the end of the day, that's when I'd worked hard enough. Mm. And, and I was, I was a, a definitely a workaholic, very determined. I was very fortunate that I met a lot of wonderful people that had confidence in me that, you know, that trained me. I hear a lot of people say they're self-made. I, I don't buy it. We're the, we're the sum of so many people that invest in us and help us, whether given us book knowledge or practical knowledge and experience. And then you learn by, so to speak, on the job training. But, uh, but I had a lot of people invest in me. And, and uh, when, I, when I came to Christ, I really wanted to walk in Christ. And I'd already had my business. And I would say it, would have, it affected the way I did business. Mm. Uh, uh, you, know, I, uh, you know, you want to do the right thing. Uh, and, and I always had good values, but there's a, uh, and as an early Christian, I went to church a lot, but, and I read the Bible. I studied it in college. We had to read old Testament, new Testament, basic Christian beliefs. And, uh, we had a course we call senior God, which was really worldly religions that we studied. And, but, but it didn't absorb into me like it should. And, Although I had a lot of emotional experiences, it was only when I really started reading the Bible mm. uh, and, uh, and, and developing a relationship with God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what was missing in my relationship with God. But, but before that, that event occurred where that little baby was burned on that Sunday is having that relationship with God. And <clears throat> one of the books I would have probably read would have been Proverbs. Because it teaches you about what an upright man with yeah. is to be, and it and it guides you. And I tell young people that, you know, you know, read the read the Gospels, read Proverbs, and come back and talk to me. Mm. 
uh, and and those those books. I mean, the Bible, as you say, is the truth. Yeah. And and it and it and it and it ministers to you every day when you read it and you pray and you seek God. And uh, and it, and it's, the more you get in the Bible and you understand it and and you fellowship and you and you go to Bible studies and to church, the better you you see the the awareness you become aware of God all in in so many different places. I mean, it, you know, I, I mean, I can see God working in, um, in a lot of areas, but, you know, I, I had my businesses and there was a point in my life that, that I had a lot of financial success. I had all the toys and, and uh, all those things and could do anything I wanted, but I still wasn't happy. And mm. I remember the day uh, looking out and, and uh, God asked me, is this, is this who you want to be? And I said, no. And so I sold the home on the beach. I sold the big boat. I sold the limo, and I, I I got out of those. Sold the big house, and we live in a very modest house now. And but everything that Kathy and I did uh, was together. You know, I, I I would say one other thing that I I'm leaving out here. In my businesses coming coming up, I did a lot of things my way. Mm. And uh, it's like saying, look, hey, God, let me show you how to do this. <laughs> he said, yeah, go ahead. Well, I went down a lot of roads needlessly, and I call myself a yo-yo Christian. When I need God, I was right at the, that yo-yo came up, and I was touching the hand of God. But when it when I did need him, I was out there walking the dog. And and, uh, and I learned that God wants you 24-7, 365. So ultimately, my business success and my life, told me that I was justified to be happy. And about 15 years ago, I got a divorce. And, uh, and I lived uh, for a period of time, uh, I you could say in darkness, but, but I live, lived a life that, was, uh, that I suffered greatly. And God brought me to my knees to a point that, um, that I began praying day and night. And I was praying the priestly prayer, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I must have said that 2,000 times. Wow. And, uh, and God said that one morning, I woke up, what do you want? And I said, I want my wife back. And he said, I think you need to let her know, and I did. And we've never been apart since. But the, the difference, and rather than take a whole, I could take a week telling you about those 10 years, but what it taught me was, um, how to really appreciate my wife. Mm. God, God taught me that lesson is I've given you a great book. I've given you, a, I've selected this, this woman for you. And you've not, you've, you've not respected her in the sense of made her first in your life. And so that's been the biggest change in my life that, that, uh, that I include her. And, in. you know, if, if God says that, that, when you get married to become one, yep. then you leave the other half of your body out of decisions that mm. you make. I include her in everything. And I can tell you the decisions we make are all home runs together. Yeah. And I, I, I think I told Chris one time that I said, I've gained, gained enormous wealth in the, the last four or five years. And he said, really? And he said, how's that? And I said, it's not the wealth you may think of. It's spiritual wealth. Mm. And, mm. uh, and, and and it's and and that spiritual growth has been 
every day, 365, I'm going to let God lead me. Yeah. I mean, he's in control 100%. With my wife as well. I mean, my wife and I, the, the story about our situation is a restoration. And and uh, through um, through a lot of adversity. Mm. And but God made us grow and get us to where we needed to be today. And uh, but I I include her in everything. And, you know, the first thing I do when I wake up every morning is I thank God for the blessing of my wife and give me such an incredible woman. And I think we as men sometimes, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was always nice to my wife. I loved my wife before, but I don't think I put her gave her the respect she deserved in mm. the biblical biblical sense you know god says you put a woman in a high place within the house and you know men always hear that women are to obey if you're in fellowship with god you're to obey well that's the book for the women that's not the book for the men right. the, book for the, the book for the men is different than that and the book for the men is that you uh, need to honor your wife and respect her and uh and 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 i love doing that i mean i love uh getting the perspective of my wife because she adds a totally different dimension and, 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 and the decisions we've made are just have been really good. And, and, uh, and I, and I did that to some extent before, but not in the absolute sense that I do today. I want to come back to that in just a minute. Cause you're onto something that I found to be true in my own life, but I don't think enough business owners recognize. So I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to pause that for just a minute because I do have one question, you know, so you said this was 15 years ago that you divorced your wife. Is that right? Yeah. What do you, especially for a lot of guys who are maybe grinding or holding on or even women who are white knuckling this thing in business, like trying to just make it go and make it go to the point that, you know, that maybe they're realizing financial success, but it's not, they're not spiritually fulfilled. What do you think the greatest lie was that you were buying 15 years ago that caused you to go into that dark period? Because I wasn't happy, I was entitled. Hmm. I wasn't entitled to anything. Mm. You know, you just be happy. You deserve to do it your way. And uh, and and our and our our separation was a result more of our disagreement over businesses that she didn't feel that she was included, and that I was going at warp speed on a lot of things. Not that there are bad decisions, but but some of them ended up being bad. But uh, and and they. And, and, and not seriously bad, but I mean, I think that with her, we'd have done a better job together if I'd have included her because she had a balance to, uh, yeah. to even the, the business because we started that business together back in 1983. So, uh, but I think entitlement would be, it got, the devil can work with you so much. He knows your faults <laughs> and it's just a matter of which one he wants to attack and the one that he thinks you're the weakest in. And I, and I think that, that, you know, that when you become a Christian, one of the things it says that guys tells you is when you repent and you change your ways, you don't just do it for 24 hours. This is 24, seven, 365 for eternity. Yeah. This is a permanent change in direction. And that you, you said, well, God's going to forgive me. Well, I don't know if I'd want to take that chance. I think that, uh, that staying the course and, and, uh, mm -hmm. Living a life in fellowship with God is really the best way to go. I mean, I'm happier today than I've ever been. The joy, some of the things that have happened. I know if Chris told you, I've been on a, a board called Giving Hope. And we've been, some of the things that we do are just a blessing to be part of. And, and to, I, I tell people I've got a, 
I'd get a ringside seat and watching God work. And uh, we, we try to seek out God's will and the decisions that are made. And, and it's really a blessing to be part of that. That's so good. Um, we're going to come back to giving hope in just a minute too, but um, I want to ask, so you, you talked about this kind of this arrogance, this need to be happy, this kind of, you know, but so God brings you to a place of humility. Um, you, you're restored in your marriage. You were talking about this idea that you include her in everything. And I've heard droplets of this that I want to unpack some more because one of the greatest dangers, especially for male Christian business owners that I find to be true is that we think that our life is compartmentalized. Our marriage goes over here and our family goes over here and our business goes here. And, you know, Sunday I go to church and everything's compartmentalized. And then we get brought into this idea of, okay, so maybe things are integrated. So maybe I open the door to the possibility of bringing my faith into my business. Okay. So now I've integrated some of this. The greatest thing that I see most business owners miss is this idea of there are things that stay at home and things that happen in business. And my wife doesn't need to know what's going on in the business. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that you and your wife have built a beautiful relationship of her wisdom speaking into what you're doing in business has been one of your keys to success. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I can't agree with you more. I mean, um, this uh, idea that you can compartmentalize, I think that's the world's delusion. It's mm. a, not an illusion, it's a, an illusion. <laughs> it's an illusion. Yeah. I mean, if you start with God as the source and, and you look to him for everything, and then you put your wife and your, and your children, your family, all of it in perspective, there's order. It all falls into place. Mm. I mean, when you're not in fellowship with God, that things are helter-skelter and, and jagged and and priorities are blown out of proportion in areas. And uh, that's one of the things about uh, walking with God every day and praying and, you know, to, to, to see God answering prayer, to all of a sudden to be reading a Bible. I'll give you an example. Um, a couple of years ago during the pandemic, uh, during the day I was reading the Bible in the afternoon and I got a call. Hmm was a gentleman that I helped put in business. He has a health club on the West Bank in Marrero. And he called me up and he, he said, you know, and I didn't have really that close of a relationship with him, but, uh, but he knew that I was a man of faith. And he called me up. He said, uh, uh, Mr. Brackley, he said, uh, you know, I want to thank you for all you've done for me. He said, things have kind of worked out for me, but I've got a big problem. And I said, okay, what's that? And he said, well, people on the West Bank are starving. Mm. And he said, uh, and, and he said, I can't live the life I'm doing right now and not do anything. Mm. And so I, I said, well, what do you want? And he said, well, you have some property over there. Would you help me? Can we use the property to, 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 uh, to distribute food from? And I said, sure. And he said, would you help us financially a uh, certain amount of money? And I said, well, sure. And I said, well, you know, I'll go over there and help serve with you. And we, we uh, started out with a group called Forgiven Ministries on the West Bank. And uh, that was the nonprofit. And we worked through Second Harvest. Mm. And they shipped food every month to us. And uh, we had Forgiven provided an army of people to distribute that food on a Saturday, typically once a month. 
Yeah. And it was, uh, and, 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 but it was during that time when he made that initial call, I was reading the Bible in the gospel and I just finished a sentence where it said, when you feed me, it says, when you feed the poor, it's as if you feed me. Oh, wow. And then he calls. Yeah. And I, I felt like it was a clear sign. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I didn't hesitate. I told my wife about it and I said, what do you think? She said, well, if God's telling you something, you do it. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to, the miracle of us getting back together. We, we, we've seen a lot of miracles. That's not just one, but we've seen a number of them in our life. And, uh, and, and that was a clear uh, indication to me that that's something that I had to get involved in. As a couple of months went on, I could see that there was more than just a short-term need. And so um, we had some space in the back of our, our facility. We had a, a large storage facility on the West Bank, mm -hmm. 180,000 square feet. We had an area in the back and I, I looked at it and I felt we could convert that into a location for the food bank. We had great access to it. And so uh, I went to uh, Troy Giving Hope, who, who was the, he and his wife founded the organization. Great, great family. And I told him, we're going to open up another wet, uh, food bank on the West Bank. And he looked at me and he thought I was kidding. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm serious. And so we had a meeting the following week. And we, we found out what we had to get, coolers, freezers, an office, air conditioning, the rest of the place. And, and so we just did it. And uh, we got with Second Harvest. And they said, if you'll do X, Y, Z, and then we'll do it. And then we already had other food sources through the Giving Hope Food Bank in, uh, in New Orleans. Yeah. So in April that year, we, uh, we opened a full-time facility that currently uh, serves food twice a week serves over 2000 families a month. Wow. And, uh, and that's it. And that's was really God's will. God's working. We probably have well over 1500 volunteers a year involved in it. So, you know, I just tell people, you know, we all have to be that leaf on the tree that does our job. Mm. And if you'd say accomplishments in life, uh, that's probably one of the greatest accomplishments that I've been part of with a, with a family of believers. Amen. And that's been very important to me. Uh, you know, um, uh, it's, it's fun to achieve goals with a team and, you know, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of fun, but to know that you're doing God's work is a joy that, um, that until you experience it, you, you, you have a hard time understanding it really. Um, but, but I, but I would say if people really want to, really want really joy uh, you know go out there and serve and mm. do things for uh for and god will give you those ministries you don't have to worry about it. he'll find them he'll 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 pick them out for you we don't yeah. we don't i don't pick out any ministries that i get involved in god gives them he lets me know and uh, and uh and i mean because i don't know that i would have chosen a food bank but that's the ministry god chose me to get involved in and you know you want to be obedient and do what god wants you to do so uh, but it's been a blessing to be part of that. But, you know, I want to talk a bit, if you don't mind, about uh, in business, about <clears throat> about corporations and and how they operate is. Uh, and, and I and I believe very strongly that um, I read a book many years ago by Coleman. It was part of the Billy Graham uh, Crusades. It was uh, the lost art of discipleship. I don't know if you've 
read it or familiar with it. I'm familiar it, with the book. I'm trying to remember if I've read it or not, but I am familiar with the book. Yeah. And it, it and it and it really showed how Jesus developed the disciples and how he was led a life of example mm -hmm. that uh, that 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 he set a standard by how he ran his life, but he also was a teacher to the to those uh, to the disciples and he sent them out on uh, different ministries to different cities and he uh, told them what to do and what not to do, when to to stay, when to leave, mm. and and he demanded accountability. Yeah. But but the greatest thing that he did of all was he served them. Yeah. Remember Jesus washed the feet of, of Peter at the Last Supper. And a lot of companies and, and leaders and companies, what I try to do is I try to empower the people that we have to give them the ability to make the decisions that they need to make. Mm. We empower them to, uh, to make those decisions to where I'm more in a support role that if they need me to help get them across the, the finish line, that I'll be glad to jump in and help them. But we empower them to do their, do their own job. And, uh, and I think that's important that a lot of companies, they try to rule people rather than, than, than teach them and, and lead them in, a, in an area where you're giving them the joy of, of, of accomplishment. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. That's a different view on, you know, I, and we come back to this idea of a lot of business owners are <laughs> come back to ego. I'm the only one who can do this. I'm the one who has to be in charge of it. And discipleship really is in equipping other people to see their own potential and to what, and it frees up the business owner too. That's an incredible. Well, it does. And that, and that, and that allows him to, um, to do the master planning to build a business, you know, to, to go out and, and look at other opportunities. But uh, no, I think it's, it's really important that those really, the, really the great companies, um, a lot of great companies do that. They, uh, they empower their people to make the decision. I think there, I'm trying to think of the, there's an author that he wrote the one minute manager. Mm. Uh, he has a book on, on the art, the, on, on leadership where he describes it as a, as a triangle and it, the, yeah. Top is the of it, and then they invert the the uh, they invert the triangle and uh, empowering the people to make the decisions. Mm. Mm. We may have covered this, but I don't know that we have. I was told to ask you this question: When you think about being a kingdom focused business leader, how are you getting to live that out today? Well, I'm getting to lead a life of joy. I, you know, you, you said something earlier. I. I really work less today hmm. than I probably used to. Um, and I, I let other people do the work. And, hmm. uh, and uh, I, you know, one of the key things for any business is selecting the right person. Yeah. I would, you know, a lot of people don't put the emphasis on that, but you really want to bring someone in that, that, uh, that, that uh, you know, I look at character first. Hmm. I think that that's the most important thing in a person when you're, bringing them in is ultimately their character yeah. you know a lot of businesses that if, a, if, a, if an individual is a sharp guy you can train uh, how to do your business but you want people of character that have a strong baseline you don't want people that are going to waver and be inconsistent in life so i try to bring in really good people that have mm. a lot of character and 
and, and fit the job, really. I mean, you're not going to put a square peg in a round hole. I mean, you're going to, an accountant should be an accountant. The salesman, you know, they separate themselves on where they fit, but but also that they would fit in with the, with the team of people that we, we have. You want, you want, you want harmony to where, you know, one where people get along. So if people get along, then they're going to help each other to yeah. accomplish. And rather than to working against each other to where they don't for failure, that doesn't, that doesn't help a business. Right. So, and if you get good people that are going to be there long and you treat them right, I mean, you know, you're, you, you know, that ruler mentality of I'm the success of the business, you know, I, I, that self-made man deal just, it, it, you know, it's just not truth. Honestly, it, it's right. not true. You've got to realize the value of your people. And, uh, you know, as, as it is with a wife, I had to realize the value of a wife. <laughs> it's important that you do that. And, and it does give you time to look at other opportunities and you're healthier to, you're healthier to your company when you're, when you do it that way, because these people, if you pick the right people, they can do the job. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and uh, I think that, think that that would be one of the areas that I like the most about. And look, I've always had, a, I've, I've really had a, been very fortunate and that I've had a lot of good people with a lot of, a lot of character through all the years. That's not a recent event. I mean, we've, we've had people that have stayed uh, in, in, ended their career with us, retired with us. And, and it's, you know, it's been a blessing to be to, to be associated with a lot of these people. They're really wonderful people. But I, but I, and and look, I I practice good business principles from day one. But you know, letting God lead lead the mm. company, they, that that's a whole different company. And I can tell you that the that you make less mistakes, the roads clearer, the path is easier, and it and it's so less stressful when you when you really look to God for for direction. Mm. And it's not that hard. You know, I mean, it, it, requir it requires a discipline of you. I'll take that back. It requires a discipline of you reading the Bible. You mm. know, if you, if you hadn't read the Bible, I mean, and, and you're a leader, you, it's going to be harder for you. Yeah. I mean, you really need to get into the Bible. And gosh, it's the greatest book in the world. You know, I mean, you, you hear people, it's boring. It's not boring. You're not, you're not seeking truth. Look for truth. Look, look to learn. Yeah. And uh, you can look at any book in the world, but it's the greatest book that ever was written because it was done through the inspiration of God. And so, but I, I tell people that if you really want to be successful, read the Bible. They said, well, what about management? Where will I learn about management in the Bible? <laughs> and I said, well, read, uh, go out, go out and read about uh, when they rebuilt, when they, when, uh, what was it? The, the company, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, when they, when Nehemiah rebuilt, rebuilt Jerusalem. And, uh, so just read about that. There are a lot of examples in there. There are many examples of character. Women read Ruth. You know, that was a woman of character and devotion. So, you know, that, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it, you know, I'm troubled today for, for people that, you know, that they're really, really not looking uh, and they're not really getting the truth. They're not getting, you know, the uh, direction. If you read, I'll tell you another thing. When you read the Bible, it's easy to separate the grain from the shaft. Mm. I mean, you, it's easy to discern. Uh, you, you just have more wisdom yeah. in making decisions yeah. and whether it's dealing with people on an individual le level or on a group level, uh, it just gives you so much more wisdom. Mm. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I, 
You're you're echoing something I've been saying to a lot of people lately. That again, you we don't have to completely repeat it, but I mean, like I, I found this great management book. I found this great whatever book. I'm like, okay, God's word is sufficient. But the the most amazing thing to me, and the more time I spend in scripture that I hear you echoing is that most people will fight. It's like, well, it's a book written a long time ago. It's like you need to read it because it's a lot more relevant to every day of life than most people give it credit for. No question. You know, it's uh, it's as if it was written last night for you. That's right. You know, when you read it, you'll see that. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many days I've read the Bible in the morning. And the very thing I was dealing <laughs> deal that day was relevant to what I just read early in the morning. And people think I'm a genius when I said something. I said, well, I said, where did you get that? Well, I got it from the Bible. This <laughs> Absolutely true. But they think I'm they think I'm a wizard, but it's there's no there no wizard. It's just the wisdom of reading the Bible and praying and looking to God for the answers. You talked a little bit about the food bank that you're doing on the West Bank. Are there any other projects you talked a little bit about giving hope, things that you're getting to be involved in today on that front that you're most energized and excited about? Well, look, giving hope is is a mm. not a one minute deal in a day it's a it's a three-day week deal we're the, some of the ministries that we're involved in right now are um they're you know from orphanages we just opened up an orphanage in uh, uh in africa in johannesburg uh we opened a, a safe house uh we're working to open up a uh, well we're, we're working on an interesting ministry that i'm involved in right now it's called city serve there's a, a group i don't know if you've ever heard of City serve, but it's a ministry where um, where you receive products from, let's say Costco and some of the Walmart, mm -hmm. and you get truckloads of their uh, aftermarket products that they'll drop off. And we have a warehouse now that we drop it off to, and then we categorize it. And we've got sixty churches signed up that they will be able to go online on our on our uh, website. And if they see anything there for somebody in their church or in the community that needs it, let's say it's a TV or a bed, or it's a, maybe it's uh, uh, just daily supplies. Sure. Uh, uh, if they see, they can reserve it and they'll be able to come in one day a month and pick those things up and take them. Mm. And that that's called the city serve ministry. And we just, we just opened, finished the work, completed the lease on the warehouse. We, We've set it, we're setting up the racks now, and we'll, we've received several trucks, and we're categorizing the material now to start distributing it. But this is to get help get churches back in the role of being a, to, you know, of serving God. And a lot of churches are more consumers because mm. they're, so, they're so directed to, to get money to op, for operating expenses uh, to continue their own existence that uh, they don't have the resources to... Uh, to help serve the community and serve the body within their church. So this is a, a way that they'll be able to do that. This is something that we're, we, we have another group that we're also working with on something very similar to this. We may come combine the two into one to be able to get the variety of products for, for, uh, for families. But that's one that we're working on right now. Uh, but and we're working on several others. We have a, a giving hope has a, a community center on desire street in the ninth ward and uh they've 
they have uh, over the last three years. We took it over from, I don't know if you remember Danny Warfel mm -hmm. for the Saints, and he was a Heisman Trophy winner yep. from the border. We took that over about three or four years ago, and, and it really was not doing a lot. They didn't have the, the basketball goals, and they didn't have it all, all the seating and all the things they need today. And we have, uh, I think it's 30 basketball teams. We have our own league. Uh, we have wow. volleyball. We we have an exercise area. We have uh, different programs we have for exercising for seniors and different groups. There's a, a daycare in part of it. Wow. Uh, there's an area in part of it that we teach people how to become truck drivers. We also have a computer area over there. And we're continuing to span, expand it on some of the property. Uh, we recently uh, partnered with um, uh, a group for a school. Uh, mm. the, uh, uh, I think it's is it the Good Shepherd School is what it's called. Uh, Tommy Morian runs that organization. But we, we, we found some buildings from UNO and we moved them over on site where they have 25,000 square feet that we're, we're helping them complete right now and they'll start preschool next year. And then they plan to go up through, I think the eighth grade and we'll have a school there. So a lot of these things that somebody has to work on some of the details. I call, I just call myself the step and fetch it guy. I go out and help <laughs> some of the pieces together and fairly are involved more in the construction related things because yeah. of my background. But, you know, but they're, they're just things that need to be tied up that they don't have anybody to do. They, they sometimes they just need the eyes and ears and I'll go out and help. But, but uh, really the, the giving hope keeps me busy. I'm also involved in a new church that we're, we're involved called Unite Fellowship. And I'm uh, very involved in that. And, uh, you know, with God's will, it'll uh, continue to grow. Uh, so there, and, and, uh, and I do go and uh, usually once a year, go back to my old college university and talk to the people in business school and spend a day with those guys. And, you know, you, as you know, being involved in what you're doing, you always get more, you learn more than what you can give in situations like that, that, uh, that they, they really open your eyes to a lot of things. I walk away saying, boy, I sure learned a lot today. I don't know uh, if they did. I don't know if I got the better end of the deal. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I keep involved in, in just, it, you know, I, I can't tell you what it's always going to be because, you know, God will put it out there and, and my role may be a one-day role, a one-month role, or a lifetime role. Mm. But that point is, I really, uh, I really enjoy being involved in it. And the people that I've met, some of the people that are, they've dedicated their life to Christ. Uh, they're just, uh, it's just such a blessing to be with those folks and and to spend time with them. I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of brothers for life uh, as a result of the people that I've met along the way. People that really want to do. God's will and they let God God lead them every day. It's just a, a blessing to, you know, you, you can communicate instantly with somebody that you know is reading the Bible. I mean, you you know that from their talk that they've read the word, they understand the word and they're living by the word. I mean, it's just, but there's a, an amazing amount of people that are really trying to do uh, God's work. And it's just a blessing to meet those people. I mean, it's, mm. it's humble. I, I tell people I get to meet the hands and feet of Jesus every day. It's just, oh, wow. uh, uh, in, in incredible people that that really really do unbelievable things so but you you know it where, where's business today and all that uh god you know, god put me in a position uh for a reason to be able to do these things and be involved in 
in these causes. And, I, and I'm grateful that he, that he uh, gave me that responsibility. I feel uh, privileged mm. to be able to meet these people and work with them and hopefully be a, a piece of that puzzle that helps, uh, you know, get things going and implement some of these programs. Well, they, they all sound fascinating. We had a chance to interview Troy about a month and a half ago. So to hear even more about what's going on at Giving Hope is exciting to be able to share with the audience. There's lots of good stuff there. Can I tell you a quick story about him? Yeah. So about, uh, I guess about 15 years ago, uh, and I'm, I'm a little older than Troy, obviously, and, and uh, he had called me up to say, ask me if I wanted to play golf in, uh, out at the new PGA club course over on the West Bank and I and I did and, and I, I told him on the third tee I said Troy I think you're shot out of a cannon I think you're going places I think you're going to do really good and I said I'd like to have a piece of stock in you <laughs> well I, I can tell you 15 years later I did get a piece of stock in him but it was a pure it was a spiritual share of stock in him mm. and that and then and I told him that not long ago, he looked at me like, what? I don't remember that conversation. I said, yeah, well, the share of stock that I got in you was worth a lot more than one that I was originally thinking about. But no, he said, he, uh, Troy and Tracy are really committed in what they're doing and uh, love love, uh, love being part of that. That's fantastic. Um, Pat, we've, run, we've kind of come up against the end of the time today, but I told you I was going to ask you this. Um, when we started in three generations, what do you hope your great grandchildren remember about you? Well, that's, that is a great question. And I, uh, I would hope that they would remember, I set up a, um, a text messaging mm. grandchildren and, and I'll, uh, I, I tell them lessons that I've learned in life. I tell them about my faith and what I believe in. And, uh, you know, if there was one thing I'd want them to know is Jesus is in fact, who he said he was. Mm. Give them one thing, it would be faith. And I, unfortunately I can't do that. Yeah. That's that only they can make, but I want them to know that I live by my faith and that I love God. And I, uh, the things I did as a legacy for them, I did because I felt that that's what God wanted me to do. Mm. So that would be the legacy would be that granddad was really a man of faith and uh, he lived by his word and uh, he taught me a lot of lessons, told me a lot of things over the years through podcast and when I see him. Yeah. Or not cool. text messaging. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, we could probably sit around and do this for another hour or two, but I'm going to, I'm going to let my audience go and let everybody go home. They're full of burger and hot dogs right now. But, but before we do that, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, or somebody wants to follow the things that you're doing, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, I mean, they could obviously look at the at, at Giving Hope, go on online there and see what we're doing there. If, if they have questions for me, they can, you know, they I don't mind them calling, contacting me on uh, pat at rapidconstruction.com. I have a number of, young men that I talk to and mentor and, uh, but if I can help them and, you know, and whether it be uh, business or, or personal of things that they're going through that are consistent with what I've personally gone through, I'd be glad to share my story with them. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing your story today. I think that 
everyone who's listening, I mean, somebody like Pat who can kind of sit on the other side and the, the earlier you can learn the lessons, the more valuable and beneficial it can be. And I'm going to leave everybody with the number one thing that you said is everyone needs to be in God's word every single day. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yeah, Pat, thank you so much for being here. God bless you, everyone. We will be with you again next time. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavit.com dot com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.